0: Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Caster, here with my co host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? This is a fun show that we have uh, planned for you guys. Yes, Adam, how are you, first of all? Yeah, this is a show that we have
1: been talking about doing for quite a long time. And we just have never gotten around to doing it because of some pain in the ass virus that has come and fucked everything up. But we have sworn an oath that we are no longer going to be mentioning the five-letter V-word on this podcast. That's right. No more V-word. We don't like, like V-words. We like sports. That's a word we can accept. But the five-letter V-word we are no longer accepting on this podcast. That word is banished, I believe, as, as, as it is reportedly said. Banished not banished. Banished
0: Yep, definitely. It's very Tolkienesque. Very said that. T- very very tolkien That's that's
1: what I do. I am I am a I'm a radio professional. It's what I
0: do. It is what I do for a living. Uh Mr. Gaster, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. This is actually pretty cool because every time we are trying to come up with things to talk about on the podcast, <laughs> it's always it's always a painstaking always, process. That it is a very painstaking process, but we always seem to circle back to football because it's just like home it's home well not even not only that but also it seems like the only interesting things that happen as far as news is concerned happens in football because uh there was a show that uh, never actually made it to air a lost episode of the Baseball talk podcast where our entire news and notes section was all the nfl players got arrested over the past weekend and that was it it was pretty, pretty nuts. I mean, we did, we've done a couple of Mount Rushmore's about football. I mean, we had the whole mock draft show and um, post I mean, draft and come, shows too. Yeah, post draft shows as well. I mean, Bert and I do come from a uh, football sort of background, even though I've never played a down of organized football in my life. We had s- about 70 episodes of a fantasy football podcast that we did while uh, we were both in college. So, I mean, it makes sense that we would like to go back to our comfort zone, but now. Now we're going to be talking about a sport that Bird and I also have a passion for, and that's hockey. But that's Thank later God. in the podcast.
1: Thank God. I've been, wait- I've been waiting for this podcast since the dawn of this podcast. Since before, this- before the Basement Talk podcast was even a thing, I've been wanting to talk about hockey at some point. And we finally are going to be talking
0: a, a-, a-, a little bit of hockey. And I'm quite thrilled. I wouldn't under, un, don't understate yourself, Bird. It is, it's not a little bit about hockey. It is a lot about hockey. Hockey.
1: 90% yeah. about hockey.
0: Hockey has basically overtaken football as the sole newsmaking sport that's, uh, that's going on right now, at least in America. I mean, True. of course in Germany, you have, uh, the Bundesliga, which True. had a, uh, Full slate of matches over the long Memorial Day weekend. Um, Some teams played multiple matches over the long Memorial Day weekend, with with one of the most important ones happening just on Tuesday, which would be yesterday as of time of this recording. And it is Der Klassiker between Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund. And it was kind of a boring game. I mean, I think when I was younger, I used to think that soccer was boring no matter what, because it was just people passing around the ball for, for 90 minutes. But this was actually kind of a boring game that ended in a 1-0 scoreline. I think with all the hype leading up to one of the biggest games in German football, I kind of expected more. I mean, especially since the, uh, the Der Klassiker earlier in the season was a nine-goal extravaganza. So, I mean, what do you think, what did you think about the, uh, not only the past games of the of the weekend of the Bundesliga, but also of the game between Munich and Dortmund?
1: Well, I would like to start this off by thanking four teams in particular. That is uh, Hertha Berlin, who of course defeated uh, Union Berlin in the Berlin Derby on Friday, 4-0. I would like to thank Bayer Leverkusen, who defeated Borussia Mönchengladbach uh, Three one on Saturday, Borussia Dortmund who defeated Wolfsburg on Saturday as well, and Bayern Munich who beat Frankfurt on Saturday as well. They won me a hundred twenty five dollar parlay. So thank you to those four clubs very 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 much. I mean, I, I watched I watched the game. the The goal by uh, by Josua Kimmich was uh, was brilliant. That, that that chip from Guam really it, right over uh, Roman Berkey's head was was ridiculous. And obviously, you know, Der Klassiker is going to get all the plaudits because it is the two biggest teams in Germany, Borussia Dortmund and, and Bayern Munich. But that wasn't even the best game of the day on Tuesday. It was the 3-3 draw between Eintracht Frankfurt and SC Freiburg. That was absolutely nuts. In the second half, four goals were scored in a span of 15 minutes, which is absolutely insane and you know you're talking about the one nil very tactical very very set Bayern when they really score they did decide to to set up shop a little bit and really let uh, Dortmund have the ball the possession was pretty even but in that in that second half Dortmund really did boss it um but in terms of I mean I'm just happy to have some some Bundesliga back there was uh, more action today as well um but it's it's just so good to have football back. It's good to have something back. It's good to have something to uh to bet on. Um and th- this is a great time for anybody who really doesn't watch soccer and and you know wants to find something to really invest themselves fully into. Um this is a really good time to hop on the the bandwagon and and really learn the sport because it really is just such a wonderful sport. And I think Adam put it pretty, pretty nicely when he said, you know, when he was younger, he, he thought it was just, it was boring and this and that. But, you know, as you get older and your, your eyes and your brain become more mature, you really do realize, you know, what a, what a complicated, uh, beautiful sport that it, it really is. And, uh, you know, this is, I guess my public plea saying to uh, to everyone definitely uh definitely tune into the bundesliga because it is uh it's pretty good stuff and you know bayern munich and borussia dortmund are not the only two teams in the bundesliga that are uh that are big names you look at Bayer leverkusen borussia mönchengladbach rb leipzig as well of course owned by uh, by red bull wolfsburg i mean these are all powerhouses at one point or another so uh yeah, I I I'm I was really really thrilled to uh just to sit on my ass all weekend and and then Tuesday Wednesday as well to uh to watch some some sports and uh and just be able to uh to enjoy our uh, our Memorial Day weekend made possible of course by uh by all who made the ultimate sacrifice for for us for and for our country. So to them, you know, we say uh we say thank you.
0: Yes, exactly. I'll say this though, I think next to the Premier League, the Bundesliga is probably one of the most fun soccer leagues you can watch. I think you probably agree with me with that, Bird.
1: Yeah, I mean it really it really depends on what kind of football you you really like. If you're looking for something that's a bit rugged, you're looking for something that is a bit, you know, tough, if you're looking for something that really is decided in between the trenches with some skill here or there. But for the most part, it really is a blue collar sort of league. That's what the, that's what the Bundesliga is. Obviously it's not as stylish as what La Liga is with, of course, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, and of course the Premier League. When you look at Arsenal, you look at Chelsea, you look at Manchester United, you look at Manchester City, Liverpool, they play just gorgeous football for the eye. It it is nice. And, and you look at the the Bundesliga. Yeah, it is nice on the eye, but you know it also is it, it's work. It really, really is. You know, you, you're going out there and you're you're putting ninety minutes, and it's going to be a real, real hard shift every single time you uh, you go out there. So um, it, it definitely is a league that definitely stands out by itself and really just has a an unbelievable history in terms of producing some real high quality football. And again, I really encourage everyone that really met maybe hasn't given
0: a soccer a chance. Definitely go ahead and do it because you won't be disappointed. I promise you. Well, plus, I mean, this is important as well. The Bundesliga, it, when you're watching the Bundesliga, you're going to be watching the future stars of the USMNT.
1: This is true. Let,
0: let's be real. I mean, you, we've seen uh, Christian Pulisic who did really well at uh, Dortmund, who earned himself a transfer to Chelsea. Uh, we have uh, Weston McKinney, who is doing really great things at Schalke at the moment. Yep. Uh, John, John Brooks.
1: John Brooks, yep. For, defender for Wolfsburg. from Wolfsburg.
0: Josh Sargent from uh, Werder Bremen. Yep, I'm just and, thinking of players on my ultimate team at the moment.
1: Oh, there you go. Good call. <laughs> uh, Timothy Chandler at uh, at Frankfurt. He's been there for a long time. And then, of course, probably one of the up-and-coming stars probably the the next protege for the uh, u.s. men's national team and uh, Giovanni
0: Reina who is 17 years old and he's playing for uh, for dortmund as well also uh, zach stefan who's on loan from man city who's playing for frankfurt had to throw had to throw that one out there huh? well he's a goalkeeper he's american he's playing in the Bundesliga. it's relevant and had and it and you just had to throw any plays for man city well he's on loan from them yeah he mm-hmm. was playing for columbus in the mls and then um Man City bought him and then immediately sent him out on loan.
1: Adam, what are the odds that Zach Steffen actually plays a game for Man City? I'd say slim to none. Okay, good. I'm just I'm just making sure that we are uh, we are firmly on the same page there. We're not looking at like Tim Howard here. We could be looking at Tim Howard, you know. Goes to Man United, can't really buy too many games at at Man United. was was solid enough on a backup role, but then goes to Everton, becomes a star there for twelve years.
0: That's true. I mean, I don't think Zach Steffen's even good enough to be Ederson's backup at the moment. He needs more more development. No, and that's saying a lot considering that Ederson's backup is Claudio Bravo. This is true. Who got fucking sent off in the Champions League? Never mind. Whatever. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not better. Hey, it it could it could be worse. You could uh, you could be
1: Chelsea, who uh, has their has their head coach who doesn't trust their number one and is
0: uh, playing Willie Caballero in a a Champions League match. Honestly, that's even funnier considering that... You know um, all about him. Yeah, third choice. I mean, (laughs) talk about shitty backups. (laughs) Yeah. So, next thing we're going to be talking about is uh, we kind of moved on from news and notes here and we're going to be talking about the NHL. Ooh, baby! The NHL has... Basically said, fuck the season. We're going straight to playoffs. And this is kind of like every time you hear you see like on ESPN where they say what the playoffs would look like if the season ended today, that's basically what this is right now. Except way more expanded. You have 12 teams per conference, and you're you have eight play-in games, which is pretty, pretty nuts. And frankly, I mean for the I think the, the logistics haven't necessarily been worked out yet as far as like where these games are being played. But on the surface, this playoff system looks great. And I think I'm going to dub it, you know, we have March Madness. I'm going to dub this the June Jamboree or July Jamboree, depending Ooh, on which month it's being played. Well,
1: in. well, camps aren't going to come back before July 1st. So you can, you can, in fact, call this the July Jamboree. So there you go, the July Jamboree. I like that. You should trademark that. I should probably put that on a T-shirt. You should put that on a T-shirt. You'd make millions. Yeah, that's right. That is genius, Adam Castor. Yeah, I'm gonna, honestly, I'm, sometimes
0: I'm, I can't I'm, tell whether or not you're being sarcastic. I'm going to serious. the U.S.
1: trademark website right now. I'm filing that right now. Yeah, steal it from me before you before you even have the opportunity. God damn it! I'm getting <laughs>
0: royalties from that. I'll give you I'll give you twenty five cents off of every shirt I make. Well, you know now I have evidence. That I came up with this trademark and you stole it from me. So, you know, it's recorded audio evidence.
1: Really? What if I what if I magically just forget to edit the podcast?
0: Hmm. Well, then I'm gonna have to go to Huntington and uh, find some evidence myself. (laughs) You would be breaking social distancing. Not before (laughs) I break your face (laughs) or your computer. Oh, God. Okay, can we talk about hockey, please? Yes, we can talk about hockey. So the playoff system. I've been dying for this episode for forever. I'm very excited about this. Especially, honestly, I didn't care when what the playoffs were going to be as long as the Rangers were in it. Because that is the kind of fan that I am. And I think Bird w- agrees with me on that. I agree. Yeah. And so the matchups are as follows. We have the Montreal Canadiens playing the Pittsburgh Penguins and the winner of that game is going to be playing the Philadelphia Flyers and then the Rangers are playing the Carolina Hurricanes and the winner of that game will be playing the Capitals. Uh, We have the Islanders playing the Florida Panthers and the winner of that game will be playing the Lightning and then the Maple Leafs and the Blue Jackets will be playing in the winner of that game is going to play Boston. It'd be very funny if it's if even in this weird this weird, nerfed, bunked, whatever, newfangled Fakakta playoff system, the Maple Leafs still play the Bruins. Still. It's ridiculous. It would be hella interesting. Yes, it would be hella interesting. So what's the plan here?
1: Uh, what's the plan here, Stan? Are we going to go through, uh, go through all these matchups and pick winners? Well, actually,
0: I haven't even gotten to the Western Conference yet. Because... Well, we,
1: could, we could keep it to the East. We could just break down the East so we
0: can go to the West if you'd like. Okay. so Make let's it just... more digestible for our audience. Of course, of course. Let's go... So then let's go to the East. And let's start with the Penguins versus the Canadians. So it's probably the easiest one to pick because the Canadians have no business being in the playoffs. And the Penguins are going to win, straight up. Yep, yeah, I have the Penguins in four. Yep. Yeah. Because that's that's,
1: that's an easy one. You got Crosby, you have Malkin. Uh, Jason Zucker has been really, really good this season as well. Jake Gunsel should be back to full health. And, of course, you have Crystal Tang, who has been a stalwart on that blue line for – for the penguins for what feels like for forever in a day, honestly. Uh, and like you said, Adam, the Canadians while they are a, while they are a good team, they are, they have no business being in the playoffs and yeah, they got, they got lucky here because the NHL really wanted the, the uh, Canadians in the, uh, in the playoffs. So uh, yeah, the penguins win this one and four and they go on to play their in-state rival Philadelphia
0: Flyers. Yeah. Well also I think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I think, and the Rangers are probably two of the teams that would benefit the most from this long layoff because now all the players that, they were, that were injured can come back and are relatively healthy. Yeah. And speaking Man. of which... Oh, you were going to say something? No, no, not at all. I was agreeing with what you were saying. Oh, okay. Speaking of which, uh, the Rangers are playing the Carolina Hurricanes. This is a very interesting matchup. Yeah, it is. Just because I think... The season series. The season series looked pretty even. Whenever the Rangers and the uh, Hurricanes played each other, it was a lot of, like, either like one team was just terrible, <laughs> and it ended up being kind of a blow. I mean, there were a couple close games, but that really was kind of how the se- how the season went. But like I said before, the Rangers really benefit from this long layoff because uh, Igor Shesterkin their hot young goaltender, it has recovered from, his, uh, from the car accident that he was involved in. And, of course, Chris Kreider will be back in the fold. The, it really seemed like after Chris Kreider got injured, the Rangers just kind of lost their way a little because they didn't have that force on the, on the left wing for them. And also, I mean, the incredible KZB line of Chris Kreider Mika Zibanejad and Pavel v- and Pavel Bucinevich. so yeah, the New York Rangers do benefit from these uh, from the injuries. I think this is going to be a pretty even series. I think the Rangers win in six. It's a best of five. Oh, it's best of five. Yep. Why did you say Penguins in four before? Uh, because I had the Canadians winning a game. Oh. Ah, I see. So. I think Rangers in five, then. It's going to go down to the wire.
1: Um, I have the Hurricanes winning in five. Uh, and while I really am hoping that the Rangers do win this, maybe this is also me trying to go for – I'm not trying to jinx my own team. Um, I, I believe that at the end of the day, it's a good test for the Rangers and their overall youth that they are going to be playing – in a playoff series, preparing for the same team over the course of a week or two, and really getting the ebbs and flows of of what the playoffs is like, especially for this very, very young team that you should expect to see in the playoffs more and more over the course of the next few seasons. Um, But for me, this is so I don't jinx the Rangers. I'm going to go with the Hurricanes in five. All right, that's not a. I mean, that's not a bad pick. It's definitely going to be a close series. This is a toss-up. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, of course, I want the Rangers to win, and I'm going to take a ton of heat for it. But this, I'm telling you, I don't want to jinx my
0: Rangers. So, Hurricanes in five. Fair point. Plus, it's a lot more fun when we go with the opposites. True. So next up, I. I mean, God, I really hope that we don't go opposites on this one. It's the Islanders and the Panthers. I. I mean. I, I really, it really does pain me to do the to say this, but I think the Islanders are a better team than the Panthers because I just hate saying nice things about the Islanders in general. But I think, mm, I think the Islanders are going to win in four against the Florida Panthers. The Panthers definitely are one of those teams that have the potential to make this a series if they, uh, end up catching the Islanders off guard. And we saw it last year in the second round when the Islanders, the Islanders swept the Penguins and then they just like, were like, oh, I guess there was a second round. And then they got swept by the, by the hurricanes before they could even think of anything to do. So the Islanders are a solid team. I think they they win this series, but it's not going to be without a fight.
1: Um, I'm going for the Islanders in, in a sweep. I, I, I think that, like you said, Adam, they are the better team. I understand that Florida you – know, the Panthers, for me, they have probably the most underrated center in the National Hockey League in Alexander Barkov, who is also their captain. He is unbelievable, and he does not get enough credit in the slightest for what he does for that hockey team. And then you look at what they have in their top defensive pairing with Aaron Ekblad and Keith Yandel in goal, Sergei Bobrovsky who was absolutely immense in the first round last year when the blue jackets swept the number one seed Tampa Bay lightning in four games, something that had never happened before. Bobrovsky was absolutely huge in that game. And he does step up when the moment does get bigger I look at the Islanders, I see a younger, I see a hungrier, I see a more faster team than the Panthers, and the Panthers also just lost Jonathan Huberto. Oh, excuse me, uh, Nick Bukestad to a season-ending injury. So that is definitely going to hurt the Panthers. So um, I'm going to go and take the Islanders to sweep
0: the Panthers. Come on, Florida. Yeah, no, come on, Florida, please. Pretty please. Yeah, If this was played in Florida, there would be a pretty... uh, This could be revenge for uh, 2016 when they unfairly lost that series to the Islanders. Could be. You remember that. I do. Yep. So the next and final of these qualifying matches is the Maple Leafs and the Blue Jackets. This one will definitely go to five games. I think... And frankly, I think... This is one of those picks where I feel, I think that I'm the only one making this pick, but really I think a lot of people are going to make this pick. And I think the Blue Jackets are going to beat the Maple Leafs. Woo! Because Yowie, Ma- wowie. the Maple Leafs are one of those teams that, I mean, their, their defense is terrible and has been for the longest time. They're a team that just is not consistent at all. I mean, you can have all the forward talent in the world, but and the incredible goaltending of uh, Freddie Anderson, but still, like you can't uh, when your team doesn't have a lot of cohesion, when your team defense isn't great, and you're it's hard for the and it was hard for the Maple Leafs to consistently perform as they should. It's gonna be tough to win a playoff series like that. I mean, they'll be happy that they're not losing to the Bruins again, but I think. Still, the uh, Blue Jackets come out on top over the Maple Leafs because the May- the Blue Jackets are like a very dark horse playoff team here. Even though they lost some of their best players in free agency last year, John Tortorella has that team playing really, really well. We've talked about
1: John Tortorella, you and I, and we have said that he is probably yeah he's got a big mouth. Of course he does. That's Tortorella. That's his style. But my God, is he an unbelievable coach and what he's done with the Blue Jackets? Even even the season, keeping them in the hunt for the playoff race, even after losing their best player last year in Artemi Panarin when he signed with the Rangers, what the Blue Jackets have done is simply incredible. And, and hats off to John Tortorella, who's done a, an unbelievable job uh, with that team. However. I am going with the Maple Leafs. I am going with the Maple Leafs in five because at the end of the day, I believe talent will show. And you can make a case that the Maple Leafs may have the top four players in this series on one team, in Austin Matthews, in William Nylander, in Mitch Marner, and then, of of course, in their big towering D-man, Morgan Riley, who is going to be healthy when this starts up who was not healthy when the season had effectively been on hold so you talk about the Rangers they were getting healthy as were the Pittsburgh Penguins the Maple Leafs it's it's the same thing there and Morgan Riley really does keep it together at the back for a very very leaky Maple Leafs defense so I'm gonna go with the Maple Leafs just because I believe in the talent of of the team um and I'm a big believer in Austin Matthews. And I think Matthews and Matthews alone is going to be the guy to really get Toronto over the hump. But I don't feel confident about that one because I know Columbus can do it. And this, it's a perfect opponent for them because everyone is going to hop on the train of picking Toronto because it's Toronto and Columbus be the underdogs. That's what they want. So, I could see that series going either way. I really, really can. But for me, I think talent shows up at the end of the day, and I think the Maple Leafs do, in fact, win that series.
0: Oh, man, I cannot wait to see the Steve Dangle video when that happens, when they lose in five games. I cannot wait. I'm I'm not rooting for the Maple Leafs. I
1: want to make that very, very clear. I am rooting for the Columbus Blue Jackets. But when I'm putting my, uh, my natural biases aside, I think the Maple Leafs do win that series.
0: Yep. All right, so let's move on to the uh, the top 4. The teams that they will be that these teams will all be playing. And are there any teams in the in these top 4 in this top 4 that doesn't make it that doesn't make it out of their first game? You're talking in the first round. Yeah, so once the play in games were over, which of these teams is going to get bounced after the bye? I think uh, the Philadelphia Flyers
1: I think the, I think I yeah. think the Philadelphia Flyers do not beat the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins.
0: That's going to be a, a crazy series, but yeah, you're right. Though it's not; they're not going to. I mean, another another one that I could I could really see happening. And
1: do I dare even say this? Uh, if the Islanders are in
0: fact going and playing the Lightning, I could see the Islanders winning that series as well. See, you know, it would be great. So the Islanders and the Rangers have to win two series for them to play each other in the, uh, in the semis. God.
1: I, I, my heart wouldn't, my heart wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> uh, my heart would, my heart would not be able to handle it knowing that if we lose the iron, there's are one, their one series away from going in Stanley Cup. That, that was almost as bad as Tottenham going to the champions league final last year. That would be, that would be the equivalent.
0: Well, I mean, it was like when the uh, when the Giants and Patriots played in the Super Bowl. There True. was no there was no team to root for.
1: True. So you are very well versed in the area of having your rival teams be in championship situations.
0: I believe it's the uh, kissing your sister theory. <laughs> God, <laughs> is that allowed on this podcast? It is now.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, I, I, I guess it is. Have't you ever right. heard about Haven't you ever heard about that? No, that I can't, I cannot say I have. A, well, they say like a tie in football is like kissing your sister. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's very weird. I don't know why. Oh, okay. Well, learn something new every day. I guess the theory, the theory is like you're, you're kissing someone, but like it's, you just feel weird about it. Like it's not a loss, but it's not a win either. Adam, so, I can, I can hear yourself digging the grave further terrible. and further. It's terrible. It's a ter- it's a terrible um, metaphor, and I don't know why I know awful awful
1: expression. We are we are not a pro incest podcast.
0: No, we're not. That's why it's bad. Very very. I'm telling you, it's why it's very 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 bad. No, that's why it's associated with something terrible. Uh, I, I I am I am shocked that you even brought that up. Whatever, I'm disgraceful. Just Absolutely shocking. No matter what, ha- no matter who wins, you lose. That's it. Yes, yes, this is very true in your instance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So oh let's go my on the god. Conference. The Western Conference. <laughs> continue. I will continue. For the uh, the first match, we have the. Edmonton Oilers playing the Chicago Blackhawks. Next, we have the Arizona Coyotes playing the Nashville Predators. Then we have the Vancouver Canucks playing the Minnesota Wild. And finally, the Calgary Flames playing the Winnipeg Jets. And then the top four teams are the St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars in that order. So let's start off with the Oilers and the Blackhawks. And much like with the Penguins and the Canadians, I think the Oilers are going to take this this far and away. Wow, you do. Yeah. Because the Blackhawks, I don't think, I mean, they definitely, I think the Blackhawks are a better team than the Canadians, but I still don't think they were really good enough to be in the playoffs this year? I have the Blackhawks in five. Really? I do. You have the Blackhawks in five? I have the Blackhawks
1: in five. And it comes down to three words there, Mr. Gaster. Taze and Kane. While I understand that the Oilers do have Dreisaitl, I understand that they do have McDavid. There are questions for the Oilers in the back end. There are questions in goal as well. With the Blackhawks, yeah, it wasn't a great season for for Chicago by any means. They are in the middle of a. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know if I want to say rebuild because they have they still have Taze, they still have Kane, they have Duncan Keith still. I would say I would call it a retooling. They're in the middle of a retool. But, I think the Blackhawks, when it comes into playoff time, I think they just they just have a knack for knowing how to get it done. And in this instance, I know I talked about before how. I was picking talent over not so much talent. I'm picking the experience here and and the Blackhawks, th- this group has been there and done that in terms of competing for a Stanley cup. And while I, while I believe the Oilers are the better team, I, I truly, truly believe that I think experience at the end of the day is really what plays into this pick of me taking the 12 seated Blackhawks over the Oilers. And I don't feel great about that, but I'm going to roll with it. And again, it comes down to Jonathan Tays and Patrick Kane, who I'm not going to say they are better than the duo that Edmonton have in Drysaddle and McDavid, but some people will say that they are. Some people will say that they are way more experienced, which they are in these situations, and that's what I'm rolling with. So I'm going to go with the Blackhawks in five.
0: Well, that, I'll say this. That was a very interesting pick. or That is a very interesting pick. Thank you. That, and, I mean, it's definitely going to be a close series. I will, I will definitely uh, give you that one. It's going to be a high-scoring series, too. Yes, it is definitely. A lot of goals. A, yeah. a lot of goals. Uh, I think the Blackhawks are definitely going to be hoping that Corey Crawford returns to uh, the form that won them three Stanley Cups, if they have a chance of going far in this playoff system yeah for what for what it's worth i had them losing in the next round to the stars for what it's worth that's fair i mean that yeah no yeah definitely all right so next up we have the arizona coyotes going up against the predators and this is another one that is going to be close i think the interesting thing about five game series is that it's hard i think unless there's such an incredible golf and talent it's very hard for series not to end in five games because like only having to win three games in a best of 5 series especially i mean i mean this year is different because we don't really know if there is going to be any sort of home ice advantage in the playoffs but um, you know you have to deal with uh playing each other multiple times teams figuring each other out and a lot of the times it's talent and experience that pays off in the end and kind of for the reason that bird picked the blackhawks i'm going to be picking the predators to beat the coyotes in five games because the predators this team more or less was was in the stanley cup final only three years ago so this team has been there. They have not done that, but they have been there. They have definitely been there. And um, aside from P.K. Subban, the core of that team is still, is still there. So I think the, the talent and the experience that the, pred- that the Predators have will help them prevail in the series against the Arizona Coyotes. I have some breaking news. Okay.
1: Uh, I just I just got this this text. I don't know if it's true or not, but this person is very well connected, uh, and they are telling me that the Knicks are beginning their head coaching search, and that Mike Miller is out. Ooh, and the three names that I have are Tom Thibodeau, Kenny Atkinson, and David
0: Vanterpool. Well, that is actually a lot. That's basically what I've been seeing oh, on Twitter. That's where they're going with that. Uh, Thibodeau for me is, is – that looks like the guy. It's definitely a Knicks hire.
1: I'll say it that. It is. Yes, it is. It is, a, uh,
0: it is a Knicks hire. But, hey, go Knicks. <laughs> go Knicks. I, I would love Kenny Atkinson
1: for this team. Oh, my team. God. You would be great. I, I would absolutely love Kenny Atkinson. That would be, uh, it, that would be an unbelievable hire. I would have faith in Leon Rose if he goes and hires Kenny Atkinson. I, I really would.
0: This is a guy with history with the organization. Right, right. Yep. Uh, so
1: back to hockey. Uh, where the fuck were we? Uh, <laughs> I have uh, I have the Predators winning in five as well. Um, I think this series can go either way, but. Again, this is where I think talent will reign supreme. They have the best offensive defenseman potentially in the National Hockey League, definitely this season, in Roman Yossi, who was just scoring goals left, right, and center, putting up assists as well. Um, And I think that him being the captain, him being the guy, him providing all those points on the blue line, along with Ryan Ellis, and you also have Ryan Johansson as well, Philip Forsberg, should be back and, and fully healthy, god willing. Uh Matt Duchesne as well is at a bit of a down season, but he's been he's been playing on that second line uh in Nashville. I think that there's there's more than enough talent for the predators to uh to get this over the hump to beat the coyotes. And of course they have the ever reliable Pecorino in goal. So
0: pred's in five. Preds in five. Next up we have the Vancouver Canucks and the Minnesota Wild going up against each other. What a great season it has been for the Vancouver Canucks. People, yeah. I think a lot of people did not expect them to be in this sort of position where they were a higher-seeded team than the Minnesota Wild in a playoff series. And with that in mind, I really do think that it's going to be the Vancouver Canucks going coming out on top in this series against the Minnesota Wild. I think Minnesota – they, I don't know. Like I think when when they fired Bruce Bruce Boudreaux, they had a little momentum going into into the pause, but they've just they've just been mediocrity personified for the past couple of years. And yep. I just don't think that they're really going to put it all together. You know, Ryan, their big guys. Ryan Suter and Zach Parise are getting older and are continuing continuing to get older and those contracts are uh ba- absurd. basically yes they are absurd and they've basically had the team hamstrung to try and improve it so they go ahead and sign Mac to they go ahead and sign matt zuccarello in the offseason because that's what they need a, wing, a a winger yeah that's that's exactly what they need love you zook yeah you're great but dumb signing by the by the wild it's not you it's them
1: uh, I have the Canucks sweeping the Minnesota Wild. and I, I agree. Think, <laughs> I think it, it comes down to this is the youth of the Canucks. They're young. They're a fast, 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 fast team. And, and perhaps they have – maybe if you're talking behind McDavid and Austin Matthews, maybe they have the best up-and-coming center in the National Hockey League in Elias Patterson. He is unbelievable. And then you talk about what else they have on that team. Bo Horvat, JT Miller has had an unbelievable season with the Vancouver Canucks and really has has found his place in the National Hockey League after not necessarily lighting up the score sheet with the Rangers and the Lightning. And he's really found his place in Vancouver. Uh, This is an easy one. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, again, is... I tend to highlight the goaltenders because they are the most important part of any team in the playoffs, and Jacob Markstrom is an absolute beast in goal for the Canucks, and that is an easy, easy, easy
0: pick. I'm going with the Canucks sweeping the wild. I am shocked, honestly, that the Canucks were able to get the rebuild so into gear that they were, spo- that they were able to be this good this soon.
1: Yeah, the, the Canucks did an unbelievable job with that rebuild. I mean, it, Our, it, it, yeah. it
0: barely lasted five minutes. Honestly. I know. I mean, I think it was shorter than the Rangers rebuild. I mean, geez. Yeah, we all thought the Rangers rebuild was fast. Right, exactly. I mean, it helps when you sign our Artemi Panarin, but, you know. Hey, he is, he, he's just a magical human being. He is. He. Yeah. I mean, without him, the Rangers would not be in this playoffs. No. No, 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 no. No way. Oh yeah! Yeah. All right. Literally, the one time in history where the Rangers splashing out big money for the biggest free agent worked out. He's been worth every penny and then some. Yep, that's right. So, the last match of these play in games for the Western Conference, we have the Calgary Flames versus the Winnipeg Jets. And these are, this is probably one of the tougher ones to call because these two teams are very even as far as uh, skill level star players as well. But I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to win this game in five or the series in five. Oh, interesting. I think that, I mean, the Jets have superior goaltending yep. with uh, Connor Hellbook. He's yep. way better than Mike Smith. Definitely. No doubt. Um, I think they, the defense actually surprisingly has not been as bad as people thought it was going to be. No, Neil Peon's been freaking great for them. I know. Weird, right? Who would have thunk it? I know. And uh, Jacob Truva's uh, – uh, yeah, he's doing fine, I guess. Eh. Uh, fine. Uh, that was so <laughs> worth it. Ah, he's, been, he's been fine. As you said, he's been fine. He's been fine. It's all, it's all in the inflection, Bird. It's all in the
1: inflection. I, th- I think the Rangers just need to go and just draft – have undrafted defensemen be on their blue line because apparently the undrafted defensemen that go on their blue line are better than the ones that they, that they pay top dollar for. Yep. Wade, Wade Redden, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, uh,
0: Jacob Truba. <laughs> oh, God. How many times? Mark Stahl. Oh, God. Don't get me, don't get me started. I mean, they drafted him, but still. He's he's been with he's been with this team one too many years. Anyway, so yeah. Also, I mean, the forward depth with the Winnipeg Jets is amazing. I mean, how many teams do you think there are where Patrick Laine can play on the second line? Now you're right. Get away with doing that. Now you're right. Like Wheeler Patrick had fucking line a fucking Laine. Like Wheeler on the had him. line. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then you also, and then you also have uh, you have Mark Shifley too. Who's, yeah, exactly. Who's fantastic? Right, exactly. Um, see, this is this is a really, really, really tough one for me because I, I want to say the Jets because I, I think the Jets are a more talented team, but a large part of me says the Flames find a way to get it done because if they don't this year, I just find it very hard to believe that the Flames are going to keep this core together for another season of being one and done of Monahan and Goudreau. I, I just think that one of them probably would be on the move in the offseason if the Flames cannot get this done. And my gut says it's probably going to be Monahan over Goudreau.
0: That's definitely interesting. I mean, I, I agree because really Johnny Goudreau is the best player in Al El- is probably the third best forward in Alberta at the moment. Yeah, probably. I was gonna say best. I was like, you know what? That's not true. I was about, I was about to roast you. That is not true. That is. I was about to roast you. Very not true. He yeah. is the third best. Yeah, I would say he's the third best. So,
1: uh, so Adam, who do you have? uh, Who do you have winning the Stanley Cup? Who do I have winning the Stanley Cup? Yes.
0: Oh God! One of the most unpredictable trophies in all of sports is the Stanley Cup, and I wish I could say more things to say about it so I can stall for time because I really don't know who the hell is going to win the Stanley Cup. I think that. Mm. I can could, I could tell you who I'm going to pick if you want. I think the Lightning are going to win the Stanley Cup. Whoa! Wow! Yowie wowie. Lightning over Avalanche in six. Ooh! <laughs> wow. You picked my winner. Really? I'm, I'm going for the Avs.
1: It's a, nice, it's a solid pick. I'm going I've... for the Avs. I think the Avs defeat the Capitals in seven.
0: That's going if that is, if that is what what's gonna happen, that would be like one of the greatest series in. That would in be an history. unbelievable series.
1: That would be an unbelievable series. I think one thing we can we can definitely confirm, Mister Caster, is that the Boston Bruins will not come anywhere near the Stanley Cup Final because they won the President's Trophy.
0: Yay! Very happy about that.
1: Absolutely thrilled. For those that don't know, the President's Trophy goes to the. Team in the National Hockey League that has the best overall record, which the Boston Bruins, of course, won this year. And now they
0: now they can get cursed by it. Now they can get cursed by it. Correct. And then get swept by the – oh, my God. Can you imagine? They get swept by the Maple Leafs.
1: Oof. That's, a big,
0: that's a big oof. There would be riots. People would break social distancing just to throw bottles through windows. Are you are you condoning violence? No, I'm just saying that that's what I'm predicting violence. There's a Oh, difference. you're predicting violence. Okay. All right, no, Sardamas. There's a difference. There's a ah. very big difference. Okay,
1: I see. Um All right. I don't think we have anything else to
0: talk about with the uh, with the playoffs, do we? No, I don't think so. So let's go into I'll Rush more time, baby. Yes. Let's go. NHL players. And I have first pick. Fuck you. And, I mean, it's so easy, this pick. So easy. I'm going to pick the one, the only, Dan Girardi. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Oh, (laughs) oh, my
0: heart was in my ass. (laughs) (laughs) The one and only Dan Girardi. No, no, it's Wayne Gretzky. How can I not pick Wayne Gretzky? Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky has been retired for about 21 years. And... He still holds most of the NHL records for offensive categories. That season and all to end career records for points, goals, assists. Incredible. Just I don't think we're gonna see another player like Wayne Gretzky, who not only has had such incredible career longevity, but also somebody that was so prolific when he got here, when he was here in the NHL. And also somebody who played for so many teams and was incredible for just about all of them. Even when he was with the Blues for like a year, he was really good. So this is a player that I think if you don't pick him number one in this Mount Rushmore, there's a bit – like there's something wrong with how you're looking at the NHL because Wayne Gretzky is without a doubt the greatest NHL player of all time.
1: Yeah. I would seriously recommend that you go to a, uh, to a psychiatrist immediately. Um, yeah. Wayne Gretzky is a very, very solid pick. Um, I fucking hate you for taking that pick, but uh, yeah, he definitely is uh He's he is
0: the great one for a reason. Would isn't, you rather, he Mr. I, isn't he, Mister Caster? Would you rather I pick Dan Girardi?
1: No. <laughs> no, you know my feelings about Dan Girardi. Yeah, I do. You know my feelings about Dan fucking Girardi, and now everybody else does. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Uh okay. This is a very tough one. This is I have a back to back here. and this is merely about right now wanting to make sure that you don't get the guy that I want which is why he's going to be the George Washington of my Mount Rushmore well I have to, I have two picks so really it comes down to who do I want to be the face that runs the place do I want it to be him or do I want it to be him um I'll have it be him I'm going to go with the third highest score in NHL history, I'm going to go with Yarmir Yager, uh, a 13-time All-Star, two-time Stanley Cup champion, five-time Art Ross champion as the highest scorer in the league, and then, of course, the Hart Memorial Trophy winner for league MVP one time in 1999. This guy, he just he did it all. He really did it all, and it was amazing the fact that he was able to play professional hockey in the National Hockey League into his late 40s which is unreal that we're at this point he's 48 years old today he played his last National Hockey League game in 2017 when he was 45 years old which is ridiculous so all credit to Yarmir Yager and He dominated the NHL. He went back to the KHL and dominated there, then came back and continued right where he left, where he left off. So uh, Yamir Yager is a, is a really a perfect candidate to be the head of my Mount Rushmore. And Oh, by the way, we're talking about number one in points with Wayne Gretzky. Yamir Yager is number two in career points. So Yamir Yager the top of my NHL player, Mount Rushmore. Welcome to the squad, number 68.
0: Now, this is some where... Some would say the Yarma Yager is still playing to this day.
1: Some some would say that he is. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Isn't he playing in like, the Czech League now? Yeah, he is. He yeah. Is. That's ridiculous. <sighs> Fuck. All right. I have a choice to make between someone that I really want to put on my list and should be on my list and will be on my list if you don't pick him versus someone that I know you're going to take, who I want. I'm going to risk it. I'm going to risk it. I'm going to make sure that you don't get your guy who, in fact, was teammates with Wayne Gretzky for multiple seasons in Edmonton, and he is the only player in NHL history to be the captain of two Stanley cup winning championship teams. That is number 11, Mark Messier. He is my number two on my Mount Rushmore. Six times. Second
0: time you've picked Mark Messier for a Mount Rushmore.
1: Correct. Correct. I just, I love the guy six times Stanley cup champion, won the Smythe in 1984 as the playoff MVP as well. This is a guy that is universally universally considered to be one of the top 10 players in NHL history, and you look at Wayne Gretzky, number one in points, Yarmou Yager, number two in points. Who's number three? Mark Messier. The only thing with Marc Messier that I think maybe dampened him a little bit was he wasn't really necessarily a goal scorer. His career high for goals was 50 in a season, which he only did once in 1981, 1982. I believe he never won a scoring title either. His best finish was a runner up in the 1989, 1990 season. But you look at what he did on the ice. He was a figurehead for two franchises with the Oilers. And of course, with the New York Rangers, when he helped the Rangers win their first cup in 54 years, you look at what he does off the ice and all the charities that he is a part of. Of course, his own charity, the Mark Messier leadership award award, um, that he does, that he gives out on behalf of his own charity, which is unbelievable. The job that he does in association with working with the National Hockey League. Uh, this is a guy that is just unbelievable in every sense of the word, and I love him. I have my jersey, my Mark Messier jersey, hanging up in my closet, and I, I can't say enough things about him. He's the captain for a reason. I love him, Mark Messier, number two on my list. Adam, please don't pick my guy.
0: Okay. I was going to say – I thought you were going to say that the thing that dampens Marc Messier's career is when he was playing for Vancouver. The, some, would, uh, some would say that that was a, uh, a dampening moment, yes. The Vancouver years that nobody talks about. Yes, we don't talk about those years. Yeah. Basically, it's like the Cleveland Browns where basically he, he disappeared off the face of the earth for about four or five years and then he came back to be captain of the Rangers again. So it worked out. True. So, oh, Adam. Oh, Adam. If you pick my guy, you son of a bitch. Well, I wouldn't know. But be very careful. He's not a former Ranger. I'll tell you that. Fuck. He's, he played in the... He did play for an original 16, though. Fuck. Is it Gila Floor? No, it's not. Good. Okay. It's Gila Floor. It's mine. Is my pick. Mm. I mean, not only good is pick. it a fun name to say... Because it is. But he played for some of the best Montreal Canadiens teams of all time. I mean, this this Mount Rushmore could be could be four Canadiens players. And I don't think people would really bat an eyelid. Because the Canadiens have had su- sustained success over their uh, history where they've won 23 Stanley Cups, a whopping 23 Stanley Cups, And um, Guy LaFleur on the the wing was responsible part of many of those Stanley Cup champion teams, especially in the 70s where, I mean, mainly I think a lot of the times that they won was because power plays were indefinite or they power plays didn't end once you scored, which was incredible, which I think they should bring back, frankly, and not to go off on a – Tangent. They should they should bring that back. It's you, a great should, you should write a letter. I should write a letter to Gary Bettman. But uh, this guy, guy LaFleur, is arguably the best player in Montreal Canadiens history, and one of the best players in NHL history.
1: And it's a long list of players for the Montreal Canadiens that they have had where you can say that they are that he is one of the best, but he most certainly is. So. A uh, very good pick, Adam. Okay, we we survived one. Are we going to survive two?
0: Please, heavenly Father. So my pick for my third pick is going to be Mario Lemieux. Oh, thank you. Really? Okay. So I was Mario- consider
1: I was considering him, but there's someone else that I needed to put in here instead.
0: Okay. But a good pick. Good pick. Yes. Mario Lemieux, a a great player in his in his own right, played in the same era as uh, Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier. Famously had picked his number because it was upside it was ninety nine upside down, and number sixty six is I wouldn't say it's it's as iconic as ninety nine, but if you see a Penguins jersey with sixty six on it, you know exactly who that is it's mario Lemieux super mario won, nice one back to back stanley cups in 91 92 and 92 93 with the pittsburgh penguins oh actually it was 91 and then 9192 because 92 93 was the ca- canadians so that's that's it but they won back to back stanley cups um many consider Mario Lemieux as the second best player in NHL history next to Wayne Gretzky Um, played around the same. I mean, as a forward, uh, one of the best forwards of the uh, late eighties, early nineties era and uh, was part of a great era of Pittsburgh Penguins hockey. I mean, that was sandwiched by with shit until they drafted Sidney Crosby. In uh, the mid 2000s, so Mario Lemieux is my third pick.
1: Thank God you didn't pick my guy. I would have been so 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 mad. Um, All right, so I have I have two that I can definitely say I think I've smashed you with this list. Um, And it's not very not very often that I can say that I think I've smashed this. I've smashed this. So the first guy that I have. On my list This is a this is the guy that's known as Mr. Hockey And if we're going to leave Mr. Hockey Off of the Mount Rushmore of NHL players There is something seriously, seriously, seriously wrong With both of us And that of course is Mr. Gordie Howe The guy has a fucking stat named after him The Gordie Howe hat trick A Big fight, fan. an assist, and a goal All in the same game that is the kind of player that Gordy Howe was. Four-time Stanley Cup champion. The guy won fucking league MVP six times. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Led the league in scoring five times. This is He's the highest. Uh, he's played the most games in NHL history. There we go. That came out. I mean, this is this guy is un was unbelievable in his day playing with some un real Red Wings teams in the late 50s and early 60s. I mean, you're, you're talking about someone that just got it done night in, night out. That was Gordie Howe. And his legacy lives on even today, even when, even after death. I mean, he he will forever be one of the icons of the National Hockey League. And I'm telling you, the, the number nine Red Wings sweater with the C on it. For Gordie Howe is one of the most iconic sweaters in National Hockey League history without a doubt. So, Gordie Howe 100% is on my list. No questions asked. So, with my number four pick, Adam. Yes. Have you realized there's one thing that we
0: both have left out on our Mount Rushmore's? Is it goaltenders or defensemen? Because we don't have – because we neither of us have those. It is. I'm going with the defenseman here. And
1: obviously, all respect to the goaltenders. But I am going with, in my opinion, he is the greatest defenseman of all time and, of course, has scored probably the most iconic goal in the history of the sport. And of course, that was on May 10th, 1970, which gave the Boston Bruins their first Stanley Cup since 1941. 29-year wait for the Bruins when they finally won that cup in the sweep of the St. Louis Blues. That Check of course your privilege.
0: That of course.
1: Years. <laughs> 29 years, exactly. Check your privilege. <laughs> <laughs> but that, of course, is Bobby Orr. And the man was I I couldn't even begin to describe. He probably was the definition of hard-nosed defenseman before that even existed. And then you start talking about what he was able to do on the offensive side as well. You're talking 270 goals for Bobby Orr in his career. This is a guy, as a defenseman, put up 102 assists in a season with 139 total points. That is, you don't see those kind of numbers in the National Hockey League today. You, you just don't. And I, I look at Bobby Orr and I say, this, this is the peak of what a defenseman should be. That is, the, that is achieving all kinds of excellence at the position. And there are so many other defensemen that I could have put on this list. But for me, Bobby Orr defined what being a defenseman was. And you're talking about some of the great defenders that we have in the National Hockey League today. None of them would have name recognition if it weren't for Bobby Orr. So Bobby Orr is my guy.
0: But we, of course, are going to talk about honorable mentions. And boy, do I have a lot. Yes, there are a ton. I'm kind of, yeah, that's a it's a solid pick for Bobby Orr. Even, I mean, probably one of the most iconic goals in NHL history. I mean, they made a statue of it, so you know, it's got it's got to count for something. True. It's a... Uh, yeah. All right. My fourth pick. This is very tough. Because I really, really wanted to put a goaltender on this list. I really did. But all the goaltenders that I can think of either aren't necessarily good enough for this Matt Rushmore or make me want to throw up in my mouth. So, wow. Yeah. There's
1: one there's one that I'm thinking that I'm thinking about
0: that I will I will ask you afterwards. But go ahead. But I'm going with a forward for this one. Boo. Oh. And, and this is a I mean, this guy I think it's remiss of us to not mention this player because of how well he's doing in the modern era of hockey as well. And that's Alex Ovechkin. Woo. Alexander Ovechkin. This is a player that really, I mean, he didn't, I don't, I can't, I cannot say that he was the progenitor of the, uh, the Russian resurgence of the NFL the uh, increase in Russian players in the NHL because that is all, all due towards the Red Army line that uh, finally were allowed to uh, come over from the, from the uh, defunct Soviet Union. But Alexander, Alexander Ovechkin is one of the best left-wingers in NHL history for the sheer fact that playing in the modern era where goaltenders have more pads than they ever have where um, teams not only, I mean, teams are a lot more skilled, but there's a lot more passing going on. Uh, Defensemen are a lot better than they were in these, uh, in these past eras. And he's still within striking distance of uh, Wayne Gretzky's goal record, which I mean is a testament to how many goals Wayne Gretzky scored in his time period but also a testament to how prolific of a player that Alex Ovechkin was. I mean, this is the a kind of player that literally on power plays just stands in one spot with his stick up, like he's playing NHL 20, just waiting for somebody to, to pass him the puck, and then he just scores. It's one of those where you know where it's coming from, but you still can't stop it. And that is basically a phrase that can sum up Alex Ovechkin's career. You know where the shot's coming from, but you still can't stop it.
1: Uh, I'll I'll debate the Ovechkin pick just because there are so many other players that I think have that have won more than Ovechkin has. I understand he has a Stanley Cup, which definitely puts him among the upper echelon of players in National Hockey League history. But um, for me – for me, there are other people that I've put in at that, at that spot, but it's not a bad pick.
0: I, I understand the thinking. Okay. There are a lot of Oliver mentions. Jeez. A lot, yeah. Why don't we just start with the position that we ignored <laughs> and uh, goaltenders? See, this is where I thought you were going to go. For, for me,
1: it, there's only two guys that I would even consider putting on this list if you're talking about the greatest players of all time coming from the goaltending position and that of course is Patrick Waugh and Martin Brodeur.
0: See there so Patrick Waugh is the one I was debating and Martin Brodeur makes me want to throw up in my, in my mouth. So that's okay, it. there you go. That's fair. Yeah. Uh yeah. I could have easily put Patrick Waugh instead of Alexander Ovechkin, yeah, on my list. But I think I, I kind of wanted to give a modern player some love because of how how well he has done throughout his entire career for the Washington Capitals. A modern and one, player
1: and another forward versus another retro player,
0: but a goalie. Yeah, goalies, goalies are people too. Goalies are people too. Other than that, I mean, I would. Just talking about the Rangers, I mean, uh, of course, uh, Eddie Jacobin yep. and Mike Richter are two players. I mean, uh, I, honestly, I wouldn't put Mike Richter on this list. No, neither would I. same. Which is a travesty, but he yeah, didn't, ha- didn't, ha- didn't have
1: the longevity. Yeah. That's the, that's the problem with, with Mike Richter. That's why he gets consistently overlooked, is that the longevity was not there with Mike Richter. Um, in terms of defensemen, I mean, there are just so many. To, to even start I mean the two That automatically pop into my head Maybe three um, Big Z Daniel Chara Who is currently playing for the Boston Bruins He's got to be uh, An honorable mention for this uh, Ray Bork uh, The longtime Bruins defenseman And then won a Stanley Cup With the Colorado Avalanche And for me It's like a 1A1B Between who are the two best defensemen of all time Bobby Orr or Nick Lidstrom of with the Detroit Red Wings. I yeah, think he definitely has to be on this list, and and also I'll give another shout out to uh, to another New Jersey Devil who was peak and who was so important through those uh, those championship years uh, in New Jersey, Scott Niedermeyer.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. They were a big part of those three Stanley Cups that the uh, Devils won. In ter- in terms of forwards, I mean. The amount of guys that we left out from the forwards. Oy vey. I mean, just, just name a bunch of players that the awards are named after and then you're pretty much good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maurice Rocket Richard. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just want to go down the list of, of, of guys that we just completely didn't mention or, or talk about, that, but, but thought about. But, I mean... You're talking about Joe Thornton, Joe Sackick, uh, Pavel Bure, Eric Lindros, Marcel Dion, uh, Stan Makita from those uh, most championship Blackhawk teams, Bobby Hull, Brett Hull. Uh, Phil, Esposito. Phil Esposito. Bobby Clark, uh, Evgeny Malkin, Stevie Iserman as well. Uh, I mean, oof. Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby, yeah, you want to put him in there? Sure. I'll give another Islander credit. Mike Bossy, he, he's, he's one of the all-time greats, but he doesn't get enough recognition for all that he did for those four, those four straight uh, cup-winning teams uh, with the Islanders. I mean, there's
0: just so many guys that we, that we left off. Well, speaking of Phil Esposito, I, I mean, I was definitely thinking, not, not, not for this, but for, for honorable mentions, uh, the gag line of the Rangers, the goal Drew. game line. True. Uh, yep. Great. But uh, other than that, I mean, what do you? Uh, are there any other players that you think should be on this list, or at least honorable mentions? I think I just basically went through a whole whole list of them. Um, the yes. Sedin twi- the Sedin
1: twins definitely they deserve to be an honorable mention. Um, Jerome McGinla has got to be an honorable mention. Uh, Martin Saint Louis. I think he definitely has a place. Uh Saku Koivu, uh, Matt Sundin. Uh, Timu Solani. Timu Solani, absolutely. Uh Paul Correa, despite if Paul if Paul Correa was, was healthy, oh my lord. We're you know, we're talk, we're talking about one of the best wingers potentially ever, if he if he was healthy and didn't have all those concussion issues. I think you could put Patrick Kane in there. I think you could put Jonathan Hayes in there. I mean, this is the kind of players that we are uh, that we're we're definitely talking about. I, I'm I'm missing just so many. Do we mention Brian Leach? No, we didn't. I would, I would put Brian Leach as a uh, as an honorable mention. Oh, oh, Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah, would Kovalchuk. Def- would would definitely put him in there as well. Uh, probably one of the most menacing D-men in the history of the NHL. Scott Stevens would definitely throw him on the, on this list as well. Um, Henrik Zetterberg, Pavel Dotsuk. Uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of some more off the, off the top of my head. Um, uh,
0: no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. What about Dominic Kosciuk? I mean, he's not a forward, but I mean, we should mention Dominic Kosciuk.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He, he deserves to be on this list as well. Uh, Chris Osgood, you want to put him on that on that list too? Absolutely, one of the most underrated uh, goalies in the history of the National Hockey League. Uh, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and I and I'll say it. Uh, Dennis Potvin too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I know, I know, I know. But you can't you can't ignore the facts that he is the uh, he's got the most career goals out of any defenseman in NHL
0: history. Wasn't even his fault.
1: <sighs> Potvin sucks.
0: Like uh, I know, I know, but it wasn't even his fault. I feel terrible,
1: <laughs> Poffin sucks Potvin does suck um yeah, i mean those are those are really the ones that uh that popped out that I said you know that we uh we absolutely hundred percent were debating on, but uh ooh, uh Danny Alfredson, him too, yep, definitely, Danny Alfredson, definitely uh on that list uh al McKinnis. Keith DeChuck, Shane Doan. Dennis Savard. Dennis Savard, yeah. Uh, Chris Chilios. All right, we're just going to keep naming players forever. Vinny so, LeGalvier. Gal- Le oh, God. Rod Brindamore, Ron Francis.
0: Yep. Mark andre naming, Fleury. You're just naming executives and coaches in the NHL at this point. <laughs> Mike Medano, Bill Guerin, Mark Reckey. Okay, so Martin Biron. <laughs> stop it! That one, not not even. You almost had me with that, Martin Biron, best backup goaltender of all time. Great guy, Cam Talbot. Second Love best, Cam. second best backup goaltender of all time, gentlemen. Thank you for listening to this, Steve Valiquette. Stop that. <laughs> You're lucky. I messed that up. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm keeping it in there. You're lucky. Oh, okay. I'm done. Thank you for listening to this episode of the basement talk podcast. You can find all episodes of the basement talk podcast on Apple podcast and Spotify. And the name is just the basement talk podcast. Please leave a five star review and listen to all of our previous episodes to find out all of our opinions on sports and also the previous Mount Rushmore's that we did. So for next episode, we're actually going to be taking some questions from our listeners. And they're not necessarily going to be sports related, but we are going to be answering some questions about life itself from our audience members. So hopefully you will be checking that out when that comes out. And for my co-host Ed Birdsaw, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk podcast.
1: Bye-bye.